We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's getting ready for draft season. Not just draft. It's not draft season yet, but it's getting your league assignments, getting your draft slots time. Fred and I are going to break down our mixed labor draft slots, his tout draft and hold draft slot. We're also going to talk about the remaining free agent pitchers. We're going to try to avoid labor talk as best we can, but we can't help talking about a little bit. That and a whole lot more. Stay tuned. Coming up next. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by the good folks from WinBet. I'm Jeff Erickson, here with Fred Zinke uh, in balmy Canada, uh, and <laughs> I'm here in LA, and we are happy to be uh, doing our uh, th- Tuesday night podcast again. We had a lot of fun the last couple of weeks. This week, we're going to be talking about free agent pitchers. Those pitchers still on the market, and they're all going to sign in like two days after the lockout eventually ends. Uh, so we'll talk about those guys and where they might go and how it affects things, whether we like them or not. But first, uh, it's draft slot and draft assignment time, Fred. Uh, we got our Razzball Leagues today. We got TGFBI last week. And we got our draft slots in uh, mixed labor. Yes, which we will both be participating in mm-hmm. exactly one week from tonight. We'll have to plan that. I'll, we'll have to... We'll get on the DMs later this week and figure out when we're going to record next week because next week around this time we'll be getting ready to, to right. do our first. That for me that'll be my first like live. It's not live in person, but like quick time draft of the season. Yeah, that's right. And uh, yeah, all my other drafts have been slow drafts, so uh, that's going to be wild. You got a better spot than I did, though. <laughs> I got an earlier spot than you did. So by you saying that, are you saying that this year, just the earlier your spot is, the better? I am saying that. Okay, so uh, so is your so far, cadence right now that. like one to fifteen? So far, it's been so, but I've only done one fifteen draft. It's ongoing slow draft. It's the uh, first pitch Arizona speakers draft, and I I drafted twelfth there. I'm drafting tenth here, and there's not an obvious spot. I ended up with Corbin Burns at one twelve in that draft. Yep. I might get Corbin Burns again this one. I know our buddy Paul Spore took uh, Ozzy Albies at tenth overall. I see the wow. case. I don't know if I can do it. We'll see what comes to me. We'll see what comes to me. But uh, let's just say I think after seven, nay, six, even, I think there's a lot of cloudiness. I think there's a clear top six. I'm putting Cole in the top six. I'm not putting Vlad in the top six. That's my revolutionary statement. 
Uh, and a 15 teamer, I don't want to get no speed. We've talked about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it sounded like I was trying to do a double negative, but I really <laughs> wasn't doing a double negative when I said that. Uh, maybe, but you know what? Then again, if Vlad's sitting there at 10, it's going to be tough. I don't know, dude. Uh, for you, I mean, you have just a world of choices. I think it's going to, you know, obviously second round will get a lesser pick. But the, the other sneaky thing is it's just a huge advantage having that early third round pick, I think. Yeah, the, the early third round pick, I, I think, is nice. I've done a lot of 12s so far and not a lot of 15s. So mm-hmm. I was, I'm was i just now like, like I, I like I know the ADPs from all the players, but I have them because I've done a lot of 12s, I have them in like 12. So for example, Whit Merrifield, who we talked about last week, I have him in my head as a mid third round pick, but he's not a mid third round pick in 15s. He's like a two, three turn pick um, in 12s. He's a mid third round pick because his ADP is around 30 yeah. in February. So I'm, I'm getting my head around those kinds of things, but um, I think you have some good options at 10. Like, like I think Burns a really good option. Like you said, um, if you want to get, like you said, you don't want Vlad cause you, you don't want a zero speed guy. And I get that. I, if Vlad was there at 10, I'd have a tough time saying no. Um, right. and right. I'd probably figure it out, but I mean, like hitter wise at 10, like Kyle, I like Kyle Tucker a lot. I Bryce Harper's really good and we'll get you like 13 steals ish, something like that. And there's Otani if you want to go down that path. So to me, those guys are all, if you want to go outside the box, you can go Mookie Betts bounce back season. You could go out, like you said, Albies, you could go Luis Robert. Mm-hmm. There's like, there's options there. Um, everybody I just mentioned, will get you a double digit steals total. Uh, you don't have to dive in on Freddie Freeman. Like all those other, all those guys I said, will get you a double digit steals total guys like Robert Albies, Otani, Kyle Tucker, like they should all get you more than 15. So bets, depending on how you feel about what he's going to, do this year. I mean, you, you could expect more than 15 from bets this year. Right. Um, so I think there's some cool options there and then you can get a pitcher in the second round or you can go Burns and then you can grab hopefully one of those guys that I, that I just mentioned a lot of guys, maybe you can get one of them in the second round. For sure. Or I could go pocket aces, which yep. I did do in the speaker's draft, uh, right. which I did do in labor last year. Uh, you know, someone ragged on yep. me is like, you went pocket aces. What a disaster that was last year. It's like, you know, the leagues I did pocket aces actually did pretty good. Did pretty well. It's yeah. it's a fine strategy. And you're right. You can go Burns and whatever you like, Zach Wheeler, whoever. You you decide who you like in the second round. But but you would have choices at like at your second round pick if you're 10th overall. Because I know and, and one of the reasons I know is I, I, I can do that is that I know the pitch a pitcher that I like will be there at pick twenty one. You know, I know that that's going to be something that's available to me. So mm-hmm. I, that is one strategy you know you can do. That's the other reason why, even though I love Vlad and I have a hard time passing him up at 10, you take Vlad there, you either have to go speed or a pitcher in your next round. You, you, you're kind of like, you have to give up one or the other. Mm-hmm. You're either not going to have speed from your first two picks or you're not going to have an ace from your first two picks. And you might get that ace at pick 40. You might be comfortable that, that, that you know, you might say, okay, well, maybe Aaron Nola or Sandy Alcantara or Louis, Lucas Giolito will be my ace, and you'll be fine with that. And it's so great. You know, there, there's a lot of ways to cook up that omelet. But, you know, I, I think that it kind of locks you into one way. as it, it denies you flexibility, which is one of the things we're always trying to crave in these snake drafts. Yeah, and I think if we're talking about – so I, I started writing about Vlad for some of the um, – initial yahoo articles and 
like at first I wanted to say like, don't draft Vlad. And then I was like, Oh, I don't feel good about saying that because right. like, he's, he's legitimately awesome. Like in the Yahoo formula, he was the number one Roto player last year. Um, he, like, how do you tell people not to draft the guy who was number one last year and is so young? Like, like that seems like when you can get him maybe in the middle of the first round. So, so that seems like bad advice. So then I started right. thinking about it a little more and I said, well, it's not really for me probably, but so I think the path to Vlad is bottom up drafting where you identify some late round speed guys who you like and you're, and you look at their ADP and you're like, okay, so I like, whether it's whether you like Lane Thomas, Garrett Hampson, um, whether you want to go on, whether you believe Andres Jimenez is going to be, get God, I'm, gagging, I'm suppressing a gag reflex here. So Rymel Tapia, right <laughs> um, those kinds of guys. I'm just looking at guys on my list who, you know, who kind of go later. Right. I'm just kind of scrolling way down on my list and looking at guys who, you know, whether you want to have get Nicky Lopez. So you'd be like, okay, all those guys aren't very good. However, a lot of the guys that I just mentioned are going to get or should get like 15 plus steals which is what you wanted for your first round pick. And when you take Vlad instead of Kyle Tucker, you are getting a better hitter in the other categories. Like Vlad should beat Kyle Tucker in the other four categories. So you're really just trading. Like you're, you're going to get Vlad. The other guy's going to get Kyle Tucker. The other guy's now 15 steals ahead of you, whatever, 13 steals ahead of you. And then later in the draft, you're going to pay for that, but you have better in the other four categories. Later, you're going to pay for that because you're going to draft Garrett Hampson at a time when he drafts someone who's a better all-around player. Let's say he drafts Mark Canna and you draft Garrett Hampson. Mark Canna is a better all-around player in the other areas. You get your steals back. So you have to have like a plan, I feel like, like around Vlad, where you've got some targets late where you're like, okay, I'll make those 15 steals up back. Because it's not like all these first-round guys are getting 30 steals. Like Trey Turner probably is, but like Kyle Tucker, Bryce Harper, these guys are like 15 right? Vlad's yeah. going to get you like three. So you're giving up in comparison to those guys, like a dozen steals. You got to have a plan to make up the dozen steals later. Or like you said, you go for some steals in the second round and you've got a plan for your pitching where you're going to load up maybe in rounds like five, six, seven, or six, eight, ten, or something like that on starters, because there's guys sitting there you like who, who you think could be aces this year. Yeah. Two, two comments, uh, especially starting with the Vlad uh, discussion mm -hmm. so much. We, so many, so often when we do our first round analysis and it's just the first round, first of all, which is kind of thin, but we spend our time thinking about what they can't do and not what they are yeah. doing. What, you know, you forget about what you're getting when you go, when you go goo goo for Coco for cuckoo for Coco Puss for Vlad, you're getting high average power, tons of counting stats and an amazing mm -hmm. lineup with a possibility that there's more to come. That he that might never yes. be the best. To a lesser extent, we're doing the same thing with Freddie Freeman. I mean, we know he's not going to have a higher level, but we're also kind of forgetting what he does. This is, this is the Nolan Arenado problem. You know, yes. You know, we forget about what we're getting with this. And okay, it allows us to take some chances with some of these other guys. Um, you know, I, I was like, ah, on Andreas Jimenez or Garrett Hampson. Not for Lane Thomas, by the way. I like Lane Thomas. But the, you know, the other ones there, uh, you know, you're, you're kind of thinking that there. Uh, so yeah, you, you forget about that. Um, then the other thing too is yeah, you're right. When you and you when you do identify these later targets to make up, you can't just expect to get them at ADP. You got to jump ADP. Get, make right. sure you get these targets. Yes, I think you just spelled it out right there where you said I thought blah about Hampson and Jimenez, but I kind of like Lane Thomas. 
okay, there's a solution. Lane for you, Lane Thomas might be your guy. So you look at ADP, you jump him two or three rounds, and you say, you know what? I am going to start Vlad if he falls to me, and I will. If that that happens, I will make sure I get Lane Thomas later because that's going to help me, you know, make up some of those steals at a time when there aren't a lot of base stealers left on the board. There's also that Vlad's a first baseman. A first base is pretty deep this year. So do you want to tie up first base? But I mean, you could always have, I guess you can have three first basemen. You can have a corner and a utility. But again, now now you've got three guys probably who don't steal any bases, the first baseman, the corner, and the utility. So now, you know, you, now you got to really got to push steals in the middle infield and the outfield, right. you know, assuming you don't get real Muto or something like that. So it's just tricky building around Vlad in a roto league in this environment. But, but like, again, when I was writing the articles, I, I didn't want to say don't pick Vlad or Vlad's not a smart pick in the first round because like he is, if you're, if you have a way to build around him. And I think that's actually even more true in like 10 and 12 team leagues, the 15, like those steals are going to dry up really fast. They sure are. Uh, yeah. And that's great. You know, question about that. Mark had a good question about the late part of the first round. Uh, he goes, Mark Carlos, is it crazy to invest in Acuna late first if we don't know where he is at, is at right now? I'd rather take Vlad or Acuna? You know, that, and that's a really good question. Yes. Is Vlad going to run? How many games is he going to play? Will we ever have any games? Uh, and how does that affect Acuna? Um, sorry, I, I thought I'd say it, not, not have any lockout-related comments, but I can't help myself. Uh, it's a really good question. If... Acuna, if we don't know Acuna is going to run, why is he a better pick than Vlad? Uh, and you know, he's not, because if he's not running, he's he's actually going to get you less, uh, you know, a lower batting average most likely. Uh, he might get you better counting stats. We we're not quite sure though, and we don't know how much he's going to play. Typically, Vlad goes well before Acuna, for what it's worth. If you use the NFBC ADP, and I know there are plenty of sources you can use, but NFBC Vlad's your sixth player taken, Acuna's your eleventh player taken. That's why you're talking about, you know, you know, Vlad is almost certainly going to be gone probably in this, our league in labor, the 15 team draft that we're in when I'm drafting 10th. Uh, but if he isn't, I might have Vlad versus Acuna as my pick. If someone pushes up Corbin Burns and that's entirely possible. Someone might be big on Burns. Wouldn't be a surprise. His ADP is exactly 10. If he, all, all it takes is two people to want pitching early. And then that, that, that door is closed to me. I might have that as my choice. Yeah, absolutely. And Acuna, like I always say that uh, every single player in the pool, like we could write a positive bio and a negative bio on during draft season. In fact, if you do enough reading and listening and looking around, you will find almost every player, you will find someone who's really high on them and someone who's low on them. Um, Acuna is probably though, like really more so than anyone else. Like, like I, I would say had Acuna not been injured, he would be my first overall pick this year. Like that's where we yeah, were going. Of course. So, so if you want to go the rosy view, you'll say, Hey, modern science is really good. He's really young. He's really athletic. He's going to bounce back from this fine, more like a football player who, 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 gets hurt and like an Adrian Peterson and comes back and is great and Acuna will be fine. And the season might be delayed, which will mean he'll, he'll, he might not even miss any time. And you could get like a one, one type player at 10th overall or 12th overall or wherever he ends up going. And obviously the negative view is way easier to write. He's probably going to start the season on the IL. He probably won't run as much this year. Who knows if he'll have any recurring issues with this? Why bother tying up your first round pick and someone who's already banged up when you could go and take Bryce Harper, who won't be banged up until June? Right, right. 
And, you know, Bryce Harper came off an MVP year. Well, it should be yes. an off year. Who knows? Yes. You know? Yeah. Neurology. It's science. Yes. Uh, yes. Could very well be. I, I think Tucker is a very strong consideration at 10, too. Uh, I think he's great. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I think he'll probably get higher in the lineup this year. Like he, like he deserves that, I think, at this point to get a better spot in the lineup. But you're talking about a guy who can hit you 30 home runs, steal 15 and 20 bags, and hit for a high average. Like, like he's right there and doesn't have like the Harper kind of inj- a little bit of an injury history or inconsistency. Harper's got those little batting average seasons. I, I think those two are an interesting discussion because they're often drafted very close to each other this year. When choosing a draft spot, we always spend a lot of time just looking at the first round. But that's not the only drop-off. There are other drop-offs, mm-hmm. too. Uh, how much of a consideration do you put into those other rounds when you're trying to select where you want to draft from? Yeah, I, I try not to go too too deep on it. Like, So I'm doing mine right now for the tout draft and hold. So it's its own entity because it's a draft and hold, not like labor where we can make trades. Um, but I have, I have to send Todd Zola my three... I get to pick my draft slot third out of everyone because I won a league last year, but not this league. So I got to pick third. Um, so I have to send Todd three picks of where of my, what draft order I'd like because I'll get one of them. And I looked three rounds. That's as far as I went. I didn't get too deep. I looked at round I think four. that makes sense. I looked at round four, and then I was kind of like, ah, uh, this is round four feels pretty flat, like pretty level as far as the options from top to bottom. There's just not a guy in round four who's going at like pick 53 where I'm like, oh, wow, I would, I want that guy. I would take him in round three. Like, I love that guy. Like, sign me up to pick late so I can get that guy early in round four. So there just wasn't that guy. So I felt like I, so I looked at the first three rounds again with the thought of somewhere in those first three rounds, I need to get a speed base and start my pitching staff. Whether mm-hmm. that start of the pitching staff is a starter, whether it's a closer, whether it's one of each. But somewhere in there, I've got to get a steals base and a pitching staff. So I kind of looked through the first three rounds to figure out where I could do that and spent a lot of, wasted a lot of time, actually, in all honesty, going back and forth <laughs> on draft slots. Because I also, just like you, when we talked about this a lot last year, I really like just drafting out of the middle so that you don't miss out on runs. And, you know, you feel like it's not often you're deciding between two guys and you pick, especially not early, but mid draft, you decide between two guys and you, you pick one and the other guy makes it all the way back to you and you're so happy. So I kind of like drafting in the middle, but I, I don't know if, I don't know if I totally want to be in the middle this year. Cause like you said, you feel like there's kind of like a top six or so. So yeah. So th- these were tough calls. I ended up sending Todd, I, I could still change it. He hasn't sent us back to us yet. So I sent him five, four, three. Nice. I'll put that on the podcast. If someone wants to steal one of them, I don't care. Because well, after you, you'll get one of those three. Absolutely. And I, yeah. I spun around in circles for like 45 minutes trying to decide, like when I could have been getting something important done, trying to decide what order I wanted to put everything in. So I went five, four, three. Maybe Fred, just trying to stay a There's little... no such thing as important stuff getting done right now. Yeah. Um, there's no <laughs> urgency in baseball. Certainly not sure. in Major League Baseball. There's not important. God, I did it again. Done. I talked about that. You did. Oh, sorry. Just briefly. That. Um, I felt like five, four, three, five would, I think I'll end up with five. I have to, if I have to guess like that, the other guys who are ahead of me will probably not pick five unless they hear this and they're like, Oh, great idea, Fred. I'll take five. But if, if that's what you're thinking, go for it. I'll just take oh, four. I don't care. Yeah. Screw um, fine. That's, that's fine. I thought, like that gets me like a little bit towards the middle, but still gets me in that top group. Like you were talking about of, of hitters right. where I could, or, or Cole, like I need to choose Cole or I'll probably be able to choose between a couple of hitters and pick my favorite. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, 
you know, and it's funny, it kind of goes, you know, whether you prefer the middle or the, one of the ends kind of speaks to your personality, but do you want to avoid jumping ADP or do you prefer to jump ADP? Mm-hmm. Do you, are you an ADP jumper? Um, you know, it, it, some people like to do it. They like to start runs. They like to kind of create that chaos. The only problem is that can be done to you too. Uh, and that, that's the tricky part there. You can still get nailed by runs in the middle. It's just absolutely mini yes. runs, especially, especially with closers. Yes. You know, other positions, maybe not so Catcher, much. Starting catchers. To- I've seen that before where you're like, oh, there's still like, there's three catchers I really like. Like none of them are going to go or not all three of them are going to go and boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. And they go, maybe even you got four catchers. You like, you know, for your second catcher, you're in round 21. <laughs> and all of a sudden there's those mini that happens sometimes in the drafts. There's those mini catcher runs. It's so someone... funny you say that because in this uh, draft that I'm in, I got dre- I got stuck by the dre- the dreaded second catcher run. Yeah, um, you know, don't get stuck by that. It but... happens. It always happens. Like, like, the, like people are sitting on a bunch of those guys who are not good, but like a yeah. little better, a little better than replacement level. And uh-huh. then you're in like round twenty, round twenty one, somewhere in there, and someone's I, like, okay, it got I'll... even worse. Like twenty four, twenty five. I got. Okay. Well, it got it was bad. Uh, there was f- four catchers in my queue: mm-hmm. Torrens, uh, Mejia, Barnhart, and Stallings. Well, th- three of those went, and then okay. the, like there's only the people behind me. I'm drafting the 12 spot. They all had two catchers already, so I'm like, all right, I'm gonna take Chaz McCormick here because what the heck? I'm talking about him live on a podcast with Scott Jenstad. He's recommending him. I'm gonna take him now because Scott's smarter than I am. Of course, Stallings goes two picks later to Greg and Brush. I'm like, what? What are you doing to me? You, Greg, you have two catchers. You don't need him. He's like the last guy getting like regular starts. So now for my second catcher, I've got like Jonah Heim and Ryan Jeffers. And I'm hoping one of them kind of busts through and gets more playing time. And I'm going to have to take, it's a 50 rounder, strapped and hold. So I can't pick anybody up. So I'm going to have to draft five catchers now. And that's going to be a really stupid waste of of resources there. But uh, just now you wish wish now that you started the run. Yeah, kind of. But really, it's still second catcher at the end of the day. So not really. I'll just yeah. find upside guys and hope that they beat beat the clock. Like Gabriel Marino, uh, something like that. I'd try to get him a little sooner. Even though I have my doubts whether he's going to get a whole lot of playing time this year. Just right. because I like Kirk. I like, uh, well, I kind of like Jansen. I think between the two of them, though, it's going to be hard for Marino to break yeah. through this year. Unless, unless they trade one of them. I think that's the only way I get start to get hot right. on Moreno would be if they trade one of them. And the later the season starts, the less likely that happens by the way, too. Uh, yeah. Just, I think they'll just, he won't have as much time to get, although he'll be in, he'll be in cause he's not on the 40 man yet. Right. So right. he can, he'll be at spring training on time. So I don't know. Maybe <laughs> he's there right now. Yeah. So favorite spot is five, four, three. Um, I, I, it was for 45 minutes around two o'clock this afternoon. Okay. If I had to do it again tomorrow, I, I was actually thinking at one point I was going to go one, two, three. I, I also thought at one point I was going to start with six, like how you mentioned, like those hitters plus coal. Yeah. Then I kind of went to five. Cause I was like, you know what? The draft starts in like two weeks. I think I'd rather have like, like a choice. Sure. Like not, not be locked in. I mean, none of them are going to get hurt cause they're not doing anything in the next two weeks. But, but I was more like, I think I just like to have a bit of a choice and between a couple of them and not get locked in, but I could honestly change my mind. And I don't think, I don't think your 10 spot is bad. I will be honest. I don't really love being at the very back. This I was year. Just, and I that was my next question is what's haven't the been one there spot this year. you don't want to be in. I, I hate, I was there last year for our labor draft and I hated it. Like I was mm-hmm. 15th right. and I hated it. I took Freeman and Lindor 
that one of those was good. One of those was bad. And then it was just a long wait for that three, four turn. And I took Zach Gallon on that turn and he was kind of banged up all year. And I don't know. I just, I didn't really, I did not enjoy that. And then this year, like, it's fine. I'd find a couple guys on that turn, whether I went hit or pitcher or something, but there's to me, there's no one there where I'm like, I, like, so for example, like you mentioned, Paul Spore taking Albies at pick 10. Like if you're in love with Albies, like you, I think you're, then you're cool with drafting 15th, right? Cause yeah. you'll get Albies or 14th. If you don't want to get hemmed in on the turn, you can get Albies and have your pick of maybe any pitcher outside of Colin Burns. Sporer in this league. He was in it last year, wasn't he? Um, he is not. He jumped to another labor league. Ah, okay. So mm-hmm. I'll get Albies if I want then. Um, you could. I, I could get, well, I mean, I don't know if you'll get him, him in round two. I think he'll probably be gone by then. Maybe. I, probably. Maybe. I got to do some oppo research. That's the thing is like, I really should consume more content from our industry, but it's so darn hard. There's so it many is. good things out there. Uh, I got Alan, Alan Harrison, the fancy fix at 11, Ray Flowers, fancy guru 12. Ray's been talking football this time. He, you know, he's not going to give it, give anything away. Okay. Rudy, Rudy, you know, he's got his own rankings. He's know who he's going to take. And uh, Steve Gardner and Joe Sheehan. So Joe's a wild card. Chances are the player will be young. Um, he, Ray, will take, Ray will take hitters. I would be surprised if Ray takes pitchers. I feel like Ray will point. take hitters. That's, so that's one more good good pitcher that comes to me in round two. That's a good way of looking at it there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Steve is a classic take what he gets sort of guy. And totally. He, he's not going to let any trick go by. I'm going to say Steve gets Mookie Betts somewhere. I feel like Mookie Betts is a Steve type pick. Like he's just a pick that makes a lot of sense. Like we're all downgrading him because he was like a bit down last year, but he's still awesome and he's not old. And I feel like Mookie Betts is like a Steve Gardner type pick where he picks him and you're like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like, He'll be as good as last year or better. And then he is. And then you're like, great pick, Steve. I feel okay. like that's that's a Steve Gardner pick. Here, here, I'm going to give away a big tip to the league members that aren't listening. But if they okay. are listening, pick 21. If Mookie Betts is there, I'll take him. Um, that is a promise. I will take him. Not even a conditional. I do not think I, you'll have that option. That's I, just I my agree guy. with you, but I've had it. I have had it yep. in a 12-teamer before. 15-teamer, not so much, but I think that 15-teamer, that dynamic changes things a little bit there. All right, time for us to start tackling the free agent pitchers. We'll do starting pitchers first, then we'll do uh, relievers that are available. And these are all just guys that are unsigned right now. Get Speculate where they're going to go, what we like like or dislike about them, et cetera. But first, a note from our friends at WinBet. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for RotoWire's Fantasy Podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action, the user-friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more are at your fingertips. You want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette. Double down in blackjack where you'll see Fred Zinke sitting in a nice tuxedo. <laughs> Slam the slots or try your hand at Baccarat. He, you know, you should do tuxedo at Baccarat, but Fred's a blackjack player. I, I can just see it. Um, WinBet is currently available in nine states, Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia, while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. Register for WinBet today, make a qualifying deposit, and wager to receive $200 in free bets. Promotion may vary state by state. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's Fantasy Podcasts. 
Fred, what's like the online sports betting outlook in Canada? Are you allowed to do it right now? Yes. Single game betting, I believe, just started. Like we've always had, we've had sports betting through this thing called ProLine where you could bet like three game parlays for like, like since I was a kid. Okay. But now I believe you can do single game betting in that same program, which is like run by the, by the government. Okay. Yeah. Oh, everything, by the government. everything in Canada is always run by the government. So yeah, it's uh, so it's run by the provincial government, like as a lottery and uh, you go to your local convenience store and you can do single game betting. Yeah. Uh, before we actually jump into the free agent talk, uh, let's just hit a couple of these uh, questions because, because it's on topic. Bichette, what pick is the earliest you guys would draft him? For me, it's five. Um, I think he's one of those top six guys. Would you agree? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I'll, I'll consider him earlier than that. I, like I'll consider him. Like I'll consider him uh, even like three or four. I think he's right, right in there. It just kind of depends how you want to build your team. I've actually had picks five and six in a few twelve teamers, and I've played around with. I've taken Cole, I've taken mm-hmm. Soto, and I've taken Bichette in different ones and just played with the builds when I drafted Soto, I was always chasing speed the rest of the way. Cause he gets you steals, but like a dozen um, yeah. Bichette was probably the easiest one to build around. Assuming you just believe in Bichette, he was probably the easiest one to build around because you just started with a shortstop and you started with 20 to 25 steals. That was really easy to build around. So yeah, yeah I I, five for sure. I would consider him at four over someone like Soto. See, and that's right. I think Ramirez is the easiest player to build around because you get the, the you get the power speed combo at a position I think is weaker than shortstop. Yep. So yeah, I but I always him. find I he's always Ramirez gone players. in the top three every time. Yeah, I, oh every yeah, time yeah, and that's fair. Yeah. I've got him at five once before, and I think you know when you okay when, you, when you, someone gives you a gift, you speak well to people. Um, mm-hmm. and so yes, but that you know I'll say this when we get to live drafts late March or whenever the hell they're going to happen, mm-hmm. um. Pitchers are going to get pushed up. Yep. You know, Cole almost never goes that early, but in the main, NFBC main event, Cole does go that early. His ADP DeGrom, in the main event will be like third or fourth or something. Jacob deGrom throws 100 miles an hour in spring training. Yeah. Uh, he's going to go in the top five. And then all of a sudden, you have other options at seven. And then all of a sudden, seven's a much better happy spot. Yeah. Uh, sure. And so that's interesting. Uh, it gives you a, a lot lot more, uh, you know, range of outcomes, there, which I like. Okay. Let's do free agent pitchers. Let's go starting pitchers first. You know, there's not too many aces out there, Fred. No. There's a lot of guys that are question marks, compromised guys, starting with Clayton Kershaw. You know, dollars to donuts, where is Clayton Kershaw going to pitch next year? Or this year, I should say, next season. Yeah, I think I think you asked me this last week, and I decided, and I said, as a quick teaser, and I said no to Los Angeles, and I said yes to Texas. Although, not with any sort of certainty. What what do you what do you think? Do you think he's done done with the Dodgers? I think he would be happy to be with the Dodgers. I question if the Dodgers are done with him. Uh, Soviet Russia, they are done with you. Uh, but I, he was at the Super Bowl. By the way, they showed him up on the screen. And okay. He's wearing uh, Rams paraf- Rams and Dodgers paraphernalia. Uh, so I, I think he would love to be, remain here. Absolutely. Um, yep. Do they want him back? That's the question. Do they believe in him? I, I think they believe in the historical Clayton Kershaw. Uh, yeah. I, you know, that's a good question because, you know, he's got the forearm issue. He didn't get a qualifying offer. That's a pretty big deal. They're not going to get draft pick compensation 
I think that's a sign of where they think he is on his health. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's just this year. I think it's long-term yeah. what they're really concerned with. This isn't the first time he's had issues. You know, the last, you know, he made 10 starts in 2020. That wasn't, that's not that short, short. He stayed healthy, but 22 in 21, uh, he made 28 starts in 2019, 26. You know, he hasn't had that big, massive missed year, but he's getting closer to it. And there's a lot of career mileage. He has almost 2,500 regular season innings. And then let's not discount the fact that Dodgers are in the playoffs every single yeah. year and how much he's pitched in the playoffs, how much he's pitched on short rest in the playoffs. That's a lot of mileage. Almost man. 200 playoff innings in his career. So basically a whole extra season. Do teams owe some sort of sense of loyalty to these players or to the fans for these players? He and Kenley Jansen both. You can ask that question. Yeah, it, I think more him than Kenley Jansen in my eyes. Like so if it's the loyalty card, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'd say more him than Jansen. Although with where Kershaw is at from an injury perspective, maybe even though Jansen's a little volatile, maybe you know what you're going to get a little more from Jansen at this point. Um, the thing about Kershaw when he is pitching, he's still really good. Maybe not like total peak Kershaw, but this season, like his, his K yeah. for nine was really good. He won 10 games in 22 starts. Um, his whip was 1.02. Like, they like he he's still good. So yeah, it's really how healthy they are. And maybe the what the Dodgers thought was, you know what, we see this lockout coming a mile away. Let's leave him. Let's see where he's at at the end of the lockout, rather than locking him up in November. And then who knows? Let's make knowing him that his, nobody else was going to uh, right. Yeah, you know, let, take let's him make either. him do his off season throwing program, and then we'll check in on him when in in February and March or whatever. And whenever the lockout ends and then we'll, we'll see, you know, where he's at. Maybe that was the Dodgers play. I will feel better about him way better. If he goes back to the Dodgers for two reasons, one is he always pitches well for the Dodgers. And two is that means that the Dodgers believe in him still. And three, the Dodgers are going to be good. So he's going to get run support. Yes. Uh, Texas. I'm not feeling good about drafting him if he ends up in Texas. Yeah. I I don't feel as great about it either. Yeah. yeah, and you know, I know we're limiting ourselves. There's plop other places he yes. could go, but it seems like the two most likely. I haven't got, I haven't rostered him yet. Oh, same. Yeah, yeah, me neither. Um, actually, I don't even know. I don't have it in front of me his ADP right now, but I know I've never been at a point where I've thought so far. I haven't been at a point where I've thought like, oh, he's at the top of my queue. Like it's time to make a Kershaw decision. Yeah. So ADP is se- pitcher seventy since New Year's. Uh, no, that's, actually, that sounds pretty fair. To, oh, pitcher 70. Pitcher so probably, 70. So that's probably starting it, pitcher 50 or so. ADP of 184. So after the first 10 rounds. Yeah. Uh, I'm I have him above there. that. I, I have him. Ab- do you? I do. Um, and yet I still haven't drafted him. So what does that tell me? That I should probably adjust my projection uh, because I'm not taking him at ADP. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I need to I need to think about I need to think hard on this one here. But... At, at 184 in a 15 team, especially, he's still at a point where like, like, so that's like going to be like your SP three or four. Like you, you need that guy, right? Like, like you really huh. can't. Afford is that your it. SP four? I guess it is. Like in a 15 yeah. teamer, like around 13 or so, right? Yeah, around 13, 13 yeah. ish, 13 so 13, 14. Like, like at that point, maybe you got two relievers, and then he's your third or fourth pitcher. Sonny Gray or Clayton Kershaw? Who do you got? I guess I'll just take Sonny Gray because I'm more, I guess I'll just take Sonny Gray. 
Luis Severino's pitcher 66, Kershaw 70. Who do you got? Severino. See, I, I'm going Kershaw there. Okay. Well, I mean, if we're, if we're going to discount Kershaw for being unreliable and not yep. sure if we can have it, yep. what the I heck just are thought, we doing I with Severino? Sever- I mean, yeah, yeah, Severino's a lot younger. I don't know. I thought maybe he's – and he, he was there to finish the season last year, so – For that, what, those two really outings? Nice. Yeah, I know, but at least he was there. Like he was back at okay. the end of the season. So you I'm sorry assume... to jump on you. I should. I should be. No, there. no. You just. I'm just saying. You assume he could have his normal off season. Yeah, he could. Yeah. He had, excuse me. I def. I. I don't want to defame Luis Severino. He had three outings. Uh, <laughs> no. And, and wait. No. 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 He had six innings. He, it was 2019 that he had three outings. Okay. So we're talking three full years since he's had a full season. I believe I rostered Severino in a league or two in the last week of last season. Good. He was doing long relief out of their bullpen and looked like a candidate for a vulture win. Yeah. There's a lot of hurt and broken guys are in this range. Mike Clevenger's at pitcher 72. Uh, Oh, gross. I might take Kershaw there. I'm not, I'm not, I'm just not, not even might for me. Um, Yeah. Marcus Stroman, 69. I mean, he's got a lower opposite, right? Right there. Super healthy. Yeah. But yeah. But yeah. How not special is a Stroman season on the Cubs going to look? Yeah, it's just going to be fine. It'll be fine. Tariq Skubal at 71 is very interesting. High ceiling, low floor. Uh, We don't know how good Detroit's going to be, but we think they'll be better. Uh, Detroit sneakily was pretty good in the second half. I think we've made that point on these podcasts before. Yeah, they're starting to turn the corner. Yep. Hinjin Ryu is at pitcher 74. I'm all over Ryu over Kershaw. I think I have an anti-Ryu bias from being in Toronto and just – worrying about his injuries from start to start. I I'm, I'm not in on Ryu though. I'm not, but I honestly think this might be a me problem. Okay. I just, I don't know. I didn't feel, I was really happy with how he did his first season, even though I didn't, I had, I was wary when they got him. And then I guess I shouldn't be so hard on him because he did make, he made 31 starts last year, but the 437 ERA, the low strikeout rate. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I just don't know if he's going to turn all that stuff around. He's going to be 35 when the season starts. 35 I have an irrational bias in favor of Ryu. I just like him. I yeah. reacted, I, I, I want to yeah. go back to the well. I th- felt like I, you know, I, I read about how he, well, I read because uh, a listener on our Sirius XM show pointed out how like, he was separated from his family all year last year and how it really affected him. I want to buy into that narrative. Yeah, maybe. That, and he did get worse late in the season. Now, I attributed him getting worse late in the season to him wearing down. Like it's probably worst, is a little both, right? His worst month was September. His second worst month was August, right? Like his second half ERA was 550. His first half ERA, he, he was good. He was 356. He was like just what you wanted. And then the second half. So maybe he missed his family. I felt like he wore down. Yeah. Narratives are tough to once they get in your head narratives. Like I was always worried about him wearing down and then he did wear down. So I was like, see, he wore down. Now I don't want this guy. And he's not a high strikeout guy. So I was like, now I don't want this guy, but Maybe I should give him a little more credit that with his, with his family by his side next year, he'll last. He'll he'll be fine. It's a good point about being a non-strikeout guy, though. Too if right, uh, you, you, you're doing if you 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 got a couple of high K guys early, you're ahead of the field in terms of like your pitcher one and two versus yep. others pitcher one and twos and strikeouts. Then it's easier to roster you if you're chasing starting pitching though. Then it's a little tougher. So, for example, Ryu made nine more starts than Kershaw last year and had one fewer strikeout. Right. So, I mean, you don't need to get in the strikeouts category, at least. Like, Kershaw could have 
a handful fewer starts than Ryu and still at least meet him there. Now, okay, so taking that a step further, who's going to have better ratios this year, Kershaw or Ryu? Well, like just looking at their ratios always, it seems like it would probably be Kershaw, unless you just think Kershaw won't be I guess if you just don't want Kershaw because you think he's not going to be healthy. If you think Kershaw's going to throw 100 innings, then you then you take Ryu. I think that's the argument. That's pretty so, much it. And if you think Kershaw is going to throw 100, so it's almost Kershaw against himself. And if you think Kershaw can throw 130 innings, then you take Kershaw. Which is funny because I've got him for 132. There you so, go. Oh, there you go. I that's do have Kershaw over Ryu. Yeah. yeah. Um, Carlos Rodon, speaking of guys that we don't know how many innings he's going to throw. And we don't know where he's going to throw. Again, another team that didn't offer a qualifying offer to their – semi-injured pitcher uh yes and that what felt like a weird one because like 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 it's not like i don't know kershaw is older than rodon kershaw has way more mileage on him um i i don't know the like the rodon one to me felt weird because the white Sox are trending up like they're trying to go for a world series right now he -hmm. was terrific last season i know it was only 24 starts but like if they believe in him, you'd think they'd be like, this guy is like an ace level guy we've had in our organization the whole time. Like, let's get a couple more ace level years out of this guy. But they didn't, they didn't do that. Yeah, they didn't. What did they know? Uh, I think it was a little of Jerry Reinsdorf being cheap, mm-hmm. but the fact that Rodon hasn't signed elsewhere is kind of a sign, you know, and that it's representative of this list. You know, there are a lot of interesting hitters that are not flawed, that are still out there on the market, like Freddie Freeman, mm-hmm. the pitchers that are out there aren't nearly as interesting. All the the, the starting pitchers that were mm-hmm. fully confident about, I don't know, maybe you, your research is, indicates otherwise, but they all have little like, yeah, buts. They're all like, or like, eh, maybe. I, I haven't found like that one starting pitch, especially starting pitching. I haven't really found anyone that I'm like really that excited about. No, you can, you will. I think with the pitchers, you can see why all these guys are, didn't get snapped up at the beginning, why they're yeah. all still free agents, right? Like, like I'm sure in front offices, they're sitting there saying, well, what do we want to do about Rodon? Who, by the way, is, is sneaky old. If I, if you had asked me how old Rodon was before right. we started this, I would have said like ah, 26, 27, and he's 29, turn th- he'll turn 30 right after next season. Yeah. He was drafted in 2014. Yeah. Um, and he made it to the bigs in 2015. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And, so, and not for like a cup of coffee. Like no, he made it to the bigs for 139 and a third innings. Right. So there's a lot of mileage on that, which is why he's a free agent, you know, and well that, and he got, and then he get, he got non-tendered or he got DFA after. Yeah. Last he was available too. going into last year and nobody picked him up. And then he finished this past season injured. So well, sorry, he didn't finish an injury, but he dealt with injury down the stretch, the shoulder, and right. Um, yeah, people. We are all saw the playoffs start against the Astros. He 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 was laboring. Okay, throw uh, us throw us his ADP and and some guys around him. All right, I will do that. Uh, Carlos Rodon is higher. He's pitcher forty six since New Year's. Pick yeah, r- r- around pick one thirty three, right above him, Tyler Malley. I'll take Malley. All right. I, I, I've stated my objections to Mally, but maybe not to you. So I will do so ever so briefly. Uh, one, home ERA the last two years, each season, both over five. Hate using pitchers that I can't use in their home ball, drafting pitchers I can't use in their home ballpark. Two, high whip. You know, he's a guy that walks a lot of guys labor, so he doesn't go as deep into games. I still th- I'd still take Mally over him. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'll still take Mally. You you just did to Mally what I did to Ryu. 
Yeah. Like one of the guys in your hometown team who maybe you watch more than most people watch him. So, you know, all his, you, you I'm probably going to, and that's the thing is I will value take Mally. Like if he goes after pick 150, 160, 170, or somewhere in that range, I think I haven't figured out exactly what my number is. Yeah. Probably. But like he's starting pitcher five and not starting pitcher four or, right. you know, or four instead of three is the case may be. Mm-hmm. Um, He's Derek Van Riper's SP one in the draft that we're doing. He wait, waited to the 10th round to take a start. I saw that. I was, I was floored by that. It's a, uh, it's a bold strategy, cotton, but you know what? It's a strategy. And Derek is, you know, his offense is going to kick butt. So, I mean, that that's the trade off there and it might work. Derek's very creative in how he does his roster build. Blake Snell's pitcher 43. That's, but that's about 20 picks. It's pick 114. Um, I'll, I'll go. Uh, I don't like Blake Snell, so I'll go Snell. You don't have, and you can say neither. That's allowed. To oh, I, I neither then, but I would yeah. go Snell. Shane McClanahan is one above that at pitcher 42 pick one thirteen. Sure. I'll take him. Okay. Below Rodon, Zach Gallon, pitcher 47, one ADP of 134. I'll try Rodon. Snap call Gallon for me. Okay. But then again, I've been part of Gallon Nation. I'm more of a Gallon's half full sort of guy. Yeah, I, I have been too. I just yeah. I'm starting to. Well, I don't know. I'm starting. I to like see how Gallon is half empty. Yeah, I, I really like how Gallon finished the season, going yeah. deep into games, getting that pitch count up. Uh, I he got he didn't get hurt pitching. He got hurt batting, and had mm-hmm. this weird fluke injury, and spent a long time trying to recover from that. Now. Arizona sucked rocks last year and they're probably going to suck again this year. And that, that does drag him down some, but I'll take, I'll take Gallon mm-hmm. and hope that they do better in his starts this year than they did last. Uh, Ryan Bloomfield's not allowed to a- answer this next one. Nathan Eovaldi versus Carlos Rodon. Eovaldi. Yeah. My name ain't Nathan Eovaldi. Um, again, we're at a point in the draft where, this is even earlier than Kershaw where like, I need these guys. Like these aren't dart throws. These aren't pick two fifty, right? Something where I'm like, Hey, I draft Kershaw at two fifty, and he, you know, he doesn't throw a pitch all season, whatever. I won't even notice. Like I I'll just drop him. It's fine. He was my SP six or seven anyway. So, but like, I need these guys. So that's where I'm, I'm not feeling them. Call this the lesson of Sixto Sanchez. This is about where Sanchez was going last year. I drafted him in the main event team finished fifth, but like two points out of the money. Mm -hmm. Uh, She and I did this and you know, if I had only gotten, you know, you know, a reasonable pitcher in that spot, mm-hmm. imagine how different that season would have gone. Yeah. Or or anything, not just a pitcher. Could have been a hitter, and then I got another pitcher later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to discount Rodon at this price. That That's one of my takeaways from this. Pablo Lopez, speaking of guys that have some question marks shoulder-wise, he's Big the next time. pitcher down. Gallon versus – I mean, you can say Rodon versus Lopez and say neither. I'm, al- I'm going to allow that because that's going to be my answer. I know, but neither is not a fun answer. I'm I'm saying Rodon. All right, I'm just going to go a little farther down and go yeah. with old, reliable, boring Chris Bassett. I would take Bassett. Yeah, give me old, reliable, boring Chris Bassett. I give I go Avaldi over Bassett, but Bassett over almost every single one of these other guys. We right, mentioned. these other guys. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I would say Snell over Bassett. I I, I like Snell okay. better than you do. Yeah, um, that makes sense. But I'd go Bassett over Malley. Uh, next pitcher, Shane Baz. A lot of spec on him. Could be awesome. Mm-hmm. Really fun guy, but we really don't know. I take Rodon. I mean, because Rodon could be awesome. So 
Sure. Like, like, well, he was awesome last year. So I, I got nothing against Baz. I, I'm kind of, I, I guess I'm not hating on Rodon as we do this. I just probably want a little of a safer profile. But mm-hmm. if I was going to go risky, I think Rodon's a pretty cool option, like compared to some of these other risky guys that we've mentioned. Yeah. By the way, the lesson here is there's a lot of pitchers in this range, starting pitchers in this yep. range. We're still at pick, average pick 141 here, 140.57. So, Mm-hmm. I've mentioned like eight starting pitchers and they're all within the same range of each other. I'm going to give you two more and then we'll move on. Uh, Framber Valdez and Sean Manaya. Both of them over. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. I, I mean, again, they fall into that. Like they don't have injury problems right now. Probably aren't quite as good as they won't be as good as what Rodon was last year, but they don't have injury problems right now. Yeah, I agree. We got to go a little bit quicker on some of these remaining guys, but they're not as interesting either. But before we do that, quick note from our friends at Thrive. Experience a new way to play daily fantasy sports on Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is an exciting player prop fantasy contest. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research, because Fred Zinke is going to do it for you, and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Sign up for Thrive Fantasy today and receive a free six-month Rotowire subscription. Here's how you claim your free Rotowire subscription. One, visit rotowire.com slash thrive. Two, deposit a minimum of $10 and receive a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. Three, play in your first paid contest and receive a free six-month Rotowire subscription. Big thanks to Thrive for their sponsorship. All right, remaining starting pitchers that are free agents. Michael Pineda, like him? Like, not really. I'm okay with him. Actually, I like I'm, I've been okay with him where I've been seeing him going. He goes so late in drafts that like I've been okay with where I see him going. Like at the, he, he goes at a point where he's like a bench pitcher for you. I, I'm yep. fine with that. He usually keeps his whip down. I don't think he'll throw a ton of innings. Um, I think you could end up cutting him at some point. But at the point he goes, I don't mind him. How about you? Uh, yeah, he's, he's like pitcher 150, pick like 450 almost. He's yeah. at the, he's at the very the end. Area. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, on next Tuesday, he'll be like a 29th, 30th round pick. Next guy is actually going to go a little earlier. Zach Greinke, free agent. He's really a really fun off. one, I think, to look at. Yeah. Yeah. Are you done with Zach Greinke? No, I, I don't know if I'm done with him. I mean, because he's so damn smart. Uh, he could reinvent himself, but he also could be just done physically, though, too. That's the tricky part with him. He really tailed off. For sure. He's 38 years old. He doesn't have strikeout skill. His strikeout skills like just dis- just disappeared yeah. last year. And they were kind of disappearing before that. Like he was not able to strike out a batter per inning the, f- the past few years, except in the shortened season. He kind of seemed to kind of suck it up in that shortened season. He got 67 and 67, but his strikeout skills weren't great prior to that. And then last year they just really tailed off. So yeah, unless he was viewed as a risk starting that playoff game. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Unless I see something out of him in spring training that makes me think those strikeout skills are coming back, then I'm probably out. But we all know is that cranky. You don't see anything in spring you're not, training. He's you're on right. the backfield. So then I guess I'm out. He's throwing 88 on the backfields. That, that's, yes. that's the Zach Cranky story that we all freak out about, except it's for the, the one year that actually came into fruition. So yeah. I don't know. He could just walk away, too. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. Uh, just a few more. Johnny Cueto. International <sighs> man of mystery. I don't know. What do you think? Is like not even on my mixed league radar. Is he on pick, yours? No. Uh, no. Pick two seven. He's pitcher two seventy two according to the NFBC. Uh, I'm trying to find some others here. Cage Kim. He might go. I don't, is he even going to stay in stateside? 
No, I, yeah, I have, I actually have no idea. Um, he, he could, like he should, he probably should. I think he can get a spot. Yeah, but he might choose not to. I mean, yeah. he kind of lost his rotation spot. Same with Yusei Kikuchi. We don't know where he's going to end up. No, I grabbed some Kikuchi for my bench in some of the, the DCs. Um, I feel like he'll stay stateside. And I think like he's had his moments and people have liked yeah. him at times. I, I don't know. I don't mind him. That is I agree. I'm not, I love- like, I'm not, I'm not targeting him. Say next week's not part of my plan, but he's First another half- guy. Go ahead. Sorry. You no, know, he's another guy like Pineda who like whatever round it is, 27, 29. Like I, I could take a shot at him. I like him better than Pineda. Me too. Uh, I'll say that. Yeah. But first half Kikuchi versus second half Kikuchi. Woo, 346 yes. versus 542. Yeah. Uh, that's all you need. To, I mean, that's why he is where he's at right now. Yeah. Uh, Drew Smiley, Matthew Boyd, Zach Davies. Any of those light your fire? No. I will forever be grateful for Zach Davies for what he did in that shortened season yeah. in 2020. Yeah. But no. Yeah. I've I've had some Zach Davies at the right times during his career, but I think those times are over. I think so too. Uh, we got to take one more commercial break for our Blue Wire sponsors. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right. We, we did that. Thank you, Blue Wire sponsors. Uh, we host uh, our podcast on the Blue Wire Network. Let's hit some relievers, Fred. Uh, there's, there's a little bit more in inter- a, a couple, at least interesting names here, uh, starting with obvious ones, Kenley Jansen. He is the domino that has to fall. Uh, is he a Dodger or is he elsewhere? 
man, if he's a Dodger, then Blake Trinan has been way overdrafted so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say, but if he's not, he's underdrafted. That's the, that's the conundrum. I agree. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm going to say not a Dodger. How about you? I think he's human, not a dancer. He'll be back in, in LA. I think. Okay. Um, I, it's, that's a tough call, but I think there, this is one of those where you just associate him with the Dodgers. Oh, for sure. The Dodgers could do a cool little kind of turnover here. Like they, they added Trey Turner. They just added bets not that long ago. They could do a cool kind of little, little roster turnover here by not bringing back Kershaw and Jansen and just kind of being like, this is a new, like a new Dodger, like a bit of a new Dodgers group with new faces of the franchise. Um, I don't know if they, they care to do that, but they could definitely could do that by letting those two guys go. It's a Turner over. Um, yeah, that's right. Sure. Uh, just especially when Justin Turner leaves next year. Uh, yeah. But I think it's next year, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Kenley Jansen no matter where he signs, though, because I don't think anybody signs him to be a setup guy. I don't think he's equipped to be a seventh and eighth inning guy or a put him in wherever you need him, a, a, you know, fireman sort of thing. He is a closer with a capital C. Yep. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think, I think your, your whole Kenley Jansen draft decision. So even just drafting him next week, you can go ahead and draft him as a closer. If you believe in him, if you believe in him, draft him as a closer. And if you don't think he, like, I mean, as a pitcher, because I think I agree with you, he's going to sign into a closer's job. So it's just whether you believe he's a good enough pitcher to keep that closer's job. We do know that the Dodgers coddled him a bit like recently, like, right. Like they spread the saves around. They were so good that they could get him 30 saves and get a dozen saves for the other guys, at least for the Mm -hmm. other guys. So like if, if he gets a decent contract on a team, that's maybe not quite as good and deep as the Dodgers, they might expect him to behave more like a regular closer. And if they do that, will he be able to handle that? Let's say you just signed with the twins, for example, who don't have really a closer right now and are like kind of a middle of the road team. They've got Rogers though. They've got Alcala. I mean, they've got pitchers. They've got good pitchers in the bullpen. But but if they signed Jansen, don't you think, and paid him, don't you think they would expect him to get almost like to do most of their saves? I would say, yeah, but I think they, the twins could also afford to say, okay, we're going to give you a day here and there though, too. I think any team can do that. Yeah, uh, I, I think it just seem like they can do it better than most. Because I mean, how many teams so don't manage their closers like that anymore? I mean, almost every team will refuse to go three days in a row with the closer. Yeah, for sure. Uh, for sure. Uh, it's just whether he ever does back-to-backs. I mean, I think that's the level of coddling the Dodgers were willing to do late in the season. And the fact that they mm-hmm. won so many games, they could afford to do that. <laughs> and that yeah. they had other live arms in their bullpen. Yeah. Uh, that they could afford to do that. Um, yeah, I... So let, let me repackage this then. Um, instead of you know just saying what we think about him, let's compare him versus other closers. Uh, when who who you got? Uh, we, we've done this before. We'll start off. Aroldis Chapman, declining skills but super stable role. He is he's pitcher thirty one. Kenley is pitcher thirty five. Who do you have? Yeah, they're they, they're actually really similar, aren't they? In that I have a little bit of performance concern about both of them. Yeah. But I think they'll both have – we just already know which team Chapman's going to have his secure role on, and we don't know that for Jansen. Um, I'll say Chapman. Chapman's a free agent after this year, right? Good question. I'm pretty I don't know sure. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. So I've got a bit of a low-key low kind of theory that Chapman's going to be fine this year because he's going to – like because he, he knows he's got to – he's got like he knows he's got to be ready for this year. 
because he's, he needs contract after it. That's possible. But if he actually has that control, you want to talk about some disintegrating skills. For sure. Yeah. Horrible. In June, 1142 in June. Uh, Strikeout rate was still high up there, though. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. But other stuff that's kind of scary. 131 whip. That's a lot of walks. 38 walks in 56 innings. You want to talk about a guy who's just, just like throwing hard and closing his eyes. It's Chapman. Oh, uh, yes, absolutely. And his season was all over the place. Like He was so good in April and May, then just like really bad for a while in June and I think early July and then almost out of the closers role and then kind of somewhere in the middle after that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he, like he's just really been all over the place. But I think so. Would you take Jansen? I would take Jansen over. Chapman. Okay. I, I think, I think that's fair. I, I haven't had any Chapman so far. So I think I also might be low man on Chapman for what it's worth. Um, right. I just, I've got a bad feeling about this. I, I'm probably down there with you. And I think that's for me having him rostered last year and then living through right. those ups and downs. Sure. Uh, Will Smith versus Ken. I'll, I'll take, I'll take Will Smith. I think, I think, I think most people will, uh, Oh no! I think most people actually well, Jansen goes ahead of Smith. Jansen goes ahead of him. You're right. Yeah, and I, and I get it. Again, we yeah. think Jansen's gonna be a closer. So, and Will Smith isn't a special ratios guy. Like he's fine, but he's not a special ratios guy. And here's the one that I think has been the big Twitter debate: is Jansen versus Romano. Yeah, yeah. I, I like Romano, so I, I I'll take Romano. I'll take Will Smith. I guess I'm the low guy on Jansen because I think I took all the guys yeah. over Jansen, but, but I don't, I don't, I don't really dislike Jansen. I'd be okay with them. I'm kind of okay with that pocket of relievers Yeah, and getting one of them. I think it's interesting that Jansen could directly displace Romano. Uh, I don't think he, he's not signing with the Dodgers. He's not signing with the Braves, you know, but yeah, the Blue Jays, they might I'm add another bullpen. I'm not feeling on. that vibe here in Toronto. When you, you have a better feel for that, I would hope, than I do, too. Maybe, maybe not. I just feel like the money is going to either be – it's going to be spent in the infield or divvied around. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just not feeling – after, especially after they signed Yemi Garcia to, like, a decent deal, I'm kind of feeling the vibe that, yeah, that – and I think Nate Pearson might end up in the bullpen – and they have Trevor Richards. Like they kind of have a deep bullpen right now until guys get hurt. But right now they kind of have a deep bullpen. I don't know. I'm not feeling that. I'm feeling maybe a, a third baseman and then maybe a, another starter to deep in the rotation. I'm I, I'm not feeling a big contract for Kenley Jansen. Yeah, I don't think I think any contract for him is going to be one or two years. Yep. I don't I don't think you're going to get anything beyond if that. If I had to guess, he'll push for two years. Yeah, he probably will push for two, and then yeah. or maybe he'll get a bigger. Uh, you know, annual contract value. If you go AAV for one year, than he would for two. Yeah. So he might choose to go that route and then bet on himself and get another one. Extra. But he's some, not going to get big ones. He's not going to get a three or yeah. four year deal. Watch some random team like the Rockies or something is going to sign him. Some team that doesn't even have in our minds, doesn't even have a playoff chance is going to pay him for two years. And Kenley we're going gonna... on the reds. Yes. I, could, I don't I, think I, that'll happen. Uh, let's manifest that one. Yeah. I love, see the thing is, I think I love Kenley Jansen. I, I'm a right. big fan of yeah. Kenley Jansen. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Um, all right. Other by the uh, way, how about Padres. There's one other one I'll throw out there right now. Jeez. Just they have yeah, no that, that would eliminate all the confusion. Stealing from that. the Dodgers. Oh. Yeah, that, that would be very interesting. Yeah. Keep them in the division. It'd be yeah. that would be really interesting. I I'd like them there. Yeah. 
there's not really any other closers out there. There's some interesting relievers. That, I mean, that could close in theory. Did Ian but... Kennedy hear you say that? Can he, is Ian Kennedy? He, he... Well, yeah. Wait, I'm no, just I, kidding. I, I'm just kidding. I don't count him as an interesting closer. Yeah. I mean, I do have a little bit of love in my heart for Ian Kennedy. And as you well know, uh, but uh, for background for the seven people that haven't heard it yet, <laughs> I, Fred and I made a trade last year in mixed labor. I traded away Ian Kennedy because uh, I picked up class a spent big on him in fab yeah. and also picked up Kennedy actually. And all of a sudden I had three closers and I had a lot of saves come up and had Kenley last year, by the way. Uh, so I traded him for Joey Votto. Joey Votto then got hurt. So everyone was telling you know, saying that Fred won the deal. And then Joey Votto decided I'm going to hit homers and Joey Votto was awesome. And then I traded Joey Votto for Max Fried and Max Fried decided he'd be like, like vintage Clayton Kershaw for the last six weeks of the season. So that was very, very what good. What an game. upgrade. Imagine at that point, and Ian Kennedy was doing nothing at that point pretty yeah. much. So you had turned Ian Kennedy into Max Fried. That is, that is trading genius. What? Did, so he didn't do much with the Phillies then, did he? Uh, oh, well, actually, you know, I can't say that. He had 10 saves with the Phillies. Yeah. So okay, that's good. So but he had a 413 ERA. Yeah. And his FIP, by the way, was 617. So I mean, you don't have to deal with that in a fantasy league. But he had a 413 ERA and he was lucky. So in other words, you hated watching him. Which is... I, I, I tried not to. He he threw 24 innings and he gave up seven homers yeah. in the 24 Don't innings. watch your closer. Watch other people's closers. Absolutely. Uh, and that, Which yeah. is why I need to not draft Jordan Romano. Because then I don't want to watch the end of Blue Jays games. Yeah. Who's to stop the Rangers from re-signing Ian Kennedy, by the way? Um, trying mm-hmm. to flip them again. They Makes seem to be pretty good sense. about those guys. Yeah. Uh, Everyone has spent a mid-round pick on Joe Barlow, but you're right. It, may, it would make sense. Yeah. Including this guy. I have yeah. a couple of Joe Barlow shares already. Because mm-hmm. um, I think he's actually pretty good. I also had Joe Barlow in that league too, by the way. I picked mm-hmm. him up, which we've also established. Michael Givens tied with the tr- tied with Heath Hembree as the Reds' leading saver last year. <laughs> Uh, I know that's like saying, yeah, world's largest midget. Or yes, like I, that, I was about but... to make that joke, and then I was like, can we still make that joke? But it's a good one. Yeah, yeah. it's. Uh, but Gibbons was actually pretty good with the Reds. I will say that it worked out. Uh, so Gibbons can be a capable Gibbons reliever. Whip with the Reds was one forty-five. That's not as good as I thought. Not it was. as good as you probably remember. No. He walked thirteen and twenty-one in a third innings. Oh, Louis Interessante. I did not know that. Yeah, but he did get it. You're right. He did convert eight out of se- eight out of ten save chances, which for the Reds, like that was good. That was good. Wow. I just I I just did not know that. I know he was that, better with Colorado. Or you know, the more. last couple of weeks he had some. He had a couple of stinkers. That yeah. probably is what. You probably uh, yeah, and by then you had already kind of got what you came for, and yeah. I seem it. to have positive vibes about Michael Gibbons, but I could be wrong about those positive vibes. Mm-hmm. Andrew Chafin. Okay. This is a guy that was actually had coming off a really good year. Uh, the A's for a while used him as a closer. He's dangling out there as a free agent. He was really good last year. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Really good. He, I don't think he gets a closer's job, but he should get like a late inning. He should get like a late inning job. The pro- he's a lefty. He, I don't think he's in a closer's job. He get a late inning job. He only won two games last year, which I know is random, but I don't know. Last year, I felt like, especially with the 10th innings, the way they were with the runners on base, like we saw some of the relievers who were really got the prime roles on their teams, like really rack up wins and get like seven, eight, nine wins. Mm-hmm. So, and, and he got two. So it makes me wonder, I'd love, I'm not going to do it right now, but to dive into what kind of leverage of innings he pitched yeah. last year. But you're right. He was, he was good. Well, he was on the Cubs who stunk. 
Yeah. And couldn't get games to him or might have blown him after him. He didn't get any wins on the Cubs. You're right. He got his two on the, on the A's after the, after he got traded. Yeah. Uh, he had 22 holds and five saves. Yeah. So that, yeah. that's all pretty good. Yep. Chances are he'll, he won't be used as a closer though. I mean, he's got the whole lefty specialist bias against him. Here's an interesting name. I don't think anybody talks about him that much. It's Colin McHugh. He's flat out a good pitcher. It can used in multiple roles. You know, I think we all took, I think a lot of people took spec bids on him because we bid on every raise relief pitcher at some point in time. Uh-huh. He can throw multiple innings if needed uh, an appearance. 155 ERA, 0.94 whip, 74 to 12 K to walk, Fred, in 64 innings, only three homers allowed. This is a good pitcher. He was last year. Like the Rays made him a good pitcher, that's for sure. So I have been, he was good I with think, the Astros too, though. In 2000, he had his moments he with awesome. the Astros, that's for sure. Yep. I think yeah, he's I'll, just straight up a good pitcher. And I'd like to see, I would love to see the Reds sign him, say, you're our closer, go for it. Yes, yeah, so I think he's a good reliever. Um, I think that I own him on all of my um, draft champions teams I've t- done so far. But as like round forty pick, yeah, like like nobody wants him. I take him around forty. I feel like there's a few paths here. Like he could be a really good setup man, like he was on the Rays, like or multi inning guy, but a really good just like middle reliever. He could find a team and get a closer's job or part of a closer's job, or mm-hmm. he could start and. Now, in his career, he has a 407 ERA as a starter. So if he starts, he's probably not that great. But round 40 of a draft Champions League, if you get a guy who's in a rotation and had a really good year last year as a reliever, like that's a worthy dart throw at that point in your draft. But honestly, I'd rather see him. I'd love to see him get with a team, like you say, like the Reds, who has like an unsettled bullpen where he could quickly emerge as their best reliever, whether they make him a full-time closer or not, but quickly emerge as their best reliever. Yeah, I think that's an interesting tech. All right. Two more guys. You, uh, for you, Aloha means goodbye. Is to goodbye to Mr. Hand, Brad Hand. You hated the trade at the moment Oof, of it I happened, did. and it lived down to your worst expectations. Really awful time in Toronto. Fell apart before that in DC. You know, started the year as like a top ten closer and finished just whew, finished it, with the and Mets. It kind of cost them a playoff spot too because yeah. they were like this close, like to a playoff spot and. Like, and he was, he, like, he, he hurt them a lot. He took two losses in, mm-hmm. in 11, in 11 appearances. So he flew an airplane for him. He was seven twenty seven and in 8.2 yes. innings there. I mean, that's yeah. just, that's awful. Yeah. Um, and then he got released and the Mets claimed him and he was good again, 270 and 127 as his ratio. So yeah, it was in 13 innings, but he's drifting. He's, he's drifting out there. He's a free agent. He's not going to close anymore. Uh, gosh, I hope not. I don't think so. That'd yeah. be a really bad, like if some team like the like bad team, like the pirates, that, that would should be what he's looking to do. Find some bad team like the pirates yeah, and be like, Hey guys, you want a cheap closer? Can I close? Give me 2 million bucks. Give me 4 million bucks. Something like that. I'll make me your closer. Leave your other guys in, leave your, your David Bednar's in like higher leverage setup roles where they don't get a bunch of saves. Mm-hmm. I'll be your closer. You can trade me at the deadline if I'm doing well. That's, that's what his agent should be going for. I don't see it happening. Last guy is actually a closer by the time the season ended, but he was horrible in the beginning of the season, better in the second half. Alex Colome. Uh Twins declined the mutual option uh, and instead bought him out for 1.25. He would have made 5.5 million. He's probably not going to sign as a closer, but he actually was a little bit better. If you squint, you could see like some improvement on him. He could, he could fulfill that pirates closing challenge. I think maybe 
and see if they can, you know, although teams are smarter now, they don't trade for guys like that. At least they don't trade significant assets for guys like that. Did a, from August 3rd on, he had 15 of his 17 saves, a 338 whip, 120, I mean, 338, a 338 whip would be bad. 338 ERA, 127 whip. Uh, still 7.4 K per nine. He's not a strikeout guy at all. You like guys that can just put, put guys away when they're in the back end of that bullpen. Yeah. He, I think he's though, like probably in the minds of, of major league teams, like a, like a, a level up from Brad hand. I mean, those two years, 2019 and 2020 with the white Sox, he converted what 42 out of 46, 42 yeah. out of 46 save chances. That, that's pretty recent. And last year, like you said, like he slow start to the season, but then got rolling. And was solid after that. Uh, he, he makes some sense for a team that has some other good relievers, but doesn't want to tie them up into the closers' role. Like you said, like he could go join like a Pirates or something like that. Um, but maybe a team that's like okay, like the Twins were last year. But maybe like a Tigers or something like that, like a team that's okay and says, or like Texas, like mm-hmm. you mentioned. But a team that says, yeah, we don't want to tie our, our good relievers up any of them into the closers role sure let's grab column a he doesn't want that much money he's got 155 career saves let's make him the closer see if he can just handle the job we know we won't be awesome at it but we also know the job's a little overrated if we get really good work in the innings before that for sure i I could see i could see him and i haven't i have i think no shares and i probably should have just grabbed him he's just not that great even having your lineup even if he is getting some saves because (laughs) the ratios aren't always great and the you know, the strikeout rates poor. Pitcher 194 right now from New Year's on. Round pick 520 or so. Your mileage may vary. I mean, that you really... feels, it does feel actually very fair, though, for the possibility yeah. of a closer. Yep. Yep. Even though it's a bad one. But you don't have right. that pick, you don't even have to use them. You, but yeah, and you probably won't use them. But, you know, Cole Solcer is hanging there around that. Hector yeah. Neris is around there. Um, Pitcher, yeah, closer on the Orioles. That's been a mugs game for a long time. You know, stay. It's like yes. closer on the Rockies, closer yeah. on the Orioles. Don't bother. So, is it better? Is it smarter to just dra- grab Colome than try getting into those bullpens and just hope that wherever Colome signs, it's for a pure closers role? Yeah, but the problem is he might sign with one of those teams. That's the problem, <laughs> you know. Right, that, and then <laughs> that's I one know. of it. That's like the more likely result, yes. actually, where he signs. I know. I, I if you if you got Colomer at like that late, like I don't even think he'll, he. I don't think he'll get drafted in our draft next week. I won't be taking him. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you got him that late in a draft, champions, you know, if he's the closer and you just used him ten weeks out of the year just to pump up a few more saves, or because you're in a tight saves race late, or because your other closer is hurt and you don't have the handcuff or whatever. Like, I think he could be valuable. I, I agree. The funny thing is, you know, we've been talking all about this. Like usually during that mixed labor draft, usually the first of the expert leagues, there's like three players that are unresolved. Um, <laughs> and they usually sign the yes. next day or something like that. <laughs> now we're going to have 130 of these guys or 103 or whatever. <laughs> um, and so all, you know, we're craving that stability, but even that stability is a bit of a mirage. You know, they're, you know, Craig Kimbrell is going to get traded to one of those teams that we think has a solid closer, perhaps, or maybe he won't, yes. maybe, but yes. chances are he's going to get traded somewhere that the White Sox picked up his option in order to trade him. At least that's the narrative. So that's, that's going to, there's so many things that are going to change and it's going to happen like that too. It's going to be crazy. But, uh, you know, I, I predict there will be a lot of tanking as in taking your time, not as in trying to lose, but tanking, like taking your time on these slow drafts in March. 
because everyone's going to want to try to uh, hit that'll that That'll be annoying. Yeah, so get I, your slow drafts done now. That's my recommendation. Don't get in these slow drafts in March because it's going to be crazy. Mm-hmm. And we'll have to, and you have to be careful with these guys. So I learned this lesson in 2020 with Yasiel Puig. I grabbed him in labor. He was unsigned, thinking, mm-hmm. "Well, someone's going to sign Yasiel Puig. Like he's he's got a career 823 OPS. Like he, right. he's an above average major league hitter. And at the time, he was 30 years old." 29 actually at the time he hadn't even turned 30 yet and i thought like this guy's gonna get signed for sure 29 year old who's an above average hitter can play multiple outfield positions i know that some of the problems with the SEL puig but i was like some team's gonna want this guy because you didn't know all t- the problems with the SEL puig that was the problem that was the lesson yes. learned and i took and i took the you know three round discount or something he was hanging around on our draft board and then mm-hmm. he obviously never signed and hasn't played in the major sense so someone will get burned in some of these drafts i, I don't know i don't think it'll be nelson cruz but there'll be someone who, you know, is getting drafted right now who just does does not end up agreeing with it. He, like thinks he's worth more than what he's being offered and doesn't never signs. Yeah, hundred percent. It's the yeah. Josh Gordon problem. It'll yeah. happen in baseball too. Yeah. Anybody among those pitcher free agents that you want to talk about that we didn't cover yet? I don't think so. That was a pretty. Once you hit the Michael Gibbons level, like you, like, like you know you yeah. dove deep at that point. <laughs> You're at the bottom of the pool at that point. Yeah. I think we were pretty thorough in there. Yeah. Uh, if we didn't cover a free agent pitcher that you want us to hit, just tweet at us at Jeff underscore Erickson at Fred Zinke MLB. Um, and we'll be happy to reply. Uh, yeah. So just go that way. I uh, want to thank everybody for the questions in the forum. want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, we really do appreciate you guys listening. It, it's fun talking fantasy baseball, even in February. You know, in fact, it's a relief. It's a release sometimes from the stupid labor madness. So we get to talk about these players for a little bit. So we do appreciate it. Want to thank uh, WinBet uh, for a sponsor. That's W Y N N B E T. Thank you for your sponsorship all season long. We'll have a prospect podcast, Clay and James tomorrow. And I need to name a guest for Thursday. I got to book that right if we're done with this. So I'll do that and we'll tweet it out. Uh, but thanks for everybody for listening. Have a great day.